Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, my best of friends, my best frenemy. Are you my frenemy? Is that where, is that where this has been going? No. I, I mean, I said we were friends. To imply that there's any level of friendship at all between us. It's just wrong. But we're not enemies either. No, we're definitely enemies. Okay. Definitely <laughs> we're not friends at all. Just enemies. Okay. So my enemy. Not even frenemies. Just my... straight up enemies. <laughs> all right. So my best enemy, Toasty, here is with me as usual. Not we toasty. cooperate I'm really not well for being. Toasty. For not, not toast. Toast. Man, you're, you're just a mess today. Uh, well. <laughs> Holy moly. This has been a long day. For those of you who are listening to the audio version of this, we are close to the end. We're about three hours from the end of an all day charity stream featuring robots, radio hosts. And it's this has been awesome. So far, we've raised six hundred and seventy dollars for St. Jude for helping children fight cancer, which is amazing because that's such a such a good thing um, to, to fight against <laughs> with donations to to <laughs> to getting cancer is a bad thing. Fighting it is a good thing. It's been a long day. Toasty played D&D. I played Skyrim earlier. We had a bunch of other hosts. I had to work. Toasty had to work too. It's been a long day. Um, But welcome everybody to the Witcher Lorecast. This is the show where we talk about all the lore, all the crazy stuff behind the Witcher games and books and TV show. And this week we have another bestiary episode. We're talking about monsters and I love talking about monsters. Toasty, Dare I ask, how are you? I'm here. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, you're here. I made it to the live stream. You did it. You made Whoa. it. All right. So what are we talking about today? Let's talk about cockatrices. Cockatrice. Okay. So cockatrice is a word that makes at first glance, my ears hear it and I go, oh, that's an old timey lady name. And then I think about it for a minute and I go, no, that's not an old timey lady name. You know, like Clarice, cockatrice. Like, I guess. Like like a, like a really fancy old British lady. Like, hello, I'm Maybe. cockatrice. Oh no, I'll run away from anybody named cockatrice, probably. Right, because you think about it for a minute, and for multiple reasons, you go, wait a minute, this is not an old lady name. Definitely not. Definitely mm, not. No, no. Okay, so anyways, let's Tom, get into I a, it. I got a best theory entry for you. Awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. This is from uh, Witcher 3, um, a little little pin up there. And mm-hmm. you can tell it was written by a peasant because the spelling is atrocious. <laughs> oh, dude, I love I love these. <sighs> Something we'd put on a T-shirt. <laughs> yes. So good. Had me had myself eight hafers, five of them milkers. Milchers. Oh, milchers. <laughs> had myself eight hafers, five of them milchers. Then this cockatrice sprung up nearby. Can I do the rest? Yeah, do it. Go ahead. Uh, near, nearby. And now all it's got left dry pays in an empty field. Jethro, peasant <laughs> from Pindal. Jethro. Jethro, like Jethro Toll, like the band. <sighs> that sounds like a perfect name for like yes. a very illiterate peasant. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, foolish superstitious claim cockatrices like basilisk can kill with their gaze alone. This is utter nonsense. However, a cockatrice's gaze being no 
no more dangerous than that of an angry goose. I wouldn't like the gaze of an angry goose. No, I got to be perfectly honest with you. We talked about this. Didn't we? We talked about geese. Yeah. And geese are like, no, no good. Yeah. The worst, the worst creatures on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Evil. Evil incarnate. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. One should instead watch out for its angry or for its sharp beak and long tail, which it can whip to murderous effect. Cockatrices thrive in dark caves, abandoned ruins, cobweb dungeons, and old basements. Though small compared to griffins and manticores, they are more than capable of killing anyone who stumbles across them in a dark corridor. I want to know who has basements large enough to store cockatrices. That's what, that was, that's what I was thinking, honestly. Like, I, I mean, like, that's, these things were big. Right. Like, it's, boys. let's say, let's say you've got like a big big mansion right and you got a big old basement in that mansion and you got rats in the basement that makes sense right like uh, i can't get rid of the rats they dig holes in the walls they hide under the furniture it's hard to get rid of them a cockatrice (laughs) like if you have a cockatrice in your basement that's no longer a basement that is that is a that is the cockatrice's lair and you board it up and you never go back in yeah until you get a witcher and hope that it 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 can't dig its way out yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh cockatrices do not shun direct fights in which they strike furiously with wing and tail and attempt to exhaust their foes blows from their beaks are especially dangerous as they aim with deadly precision at exposed flesh and vital organs and leave bleeding life-threatening wounds when fighting them one should make liberal use of draconid oil as well as grape shot whose shrapnel will pierce their delicate wings with ease okay so the image here I have of the beak is that it's like a, it's like a dagger, right? It's like, it's like they know, they know like where the fleshy bits are. And then they're just like, get, get it, get in there, stab you to death with the beak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. probably curved too, honestly. Yeah. Jessica Starr in chat says, I want a cockatrice in my refreshed lair, refinished lair now as like a pet. I mean, you do you, Jessica Starr. Like, I'm not going to tell you you can't. I'm just going to tell you that you shouldn't. Yeah. I don't know of anybody with a pet cockatrice. I feel like this would have been something that came up in one of the Witcher books at some point. You know, like some some fancy mage somewhere has a pet cockatrice. and That's a lot for a mage, too. Like, this, this, thing, this thing is terrifying. Yeah. That was like probably, I know, just personally from my experience, it was the first monster I had, like, significant difficulty with ever playing the witcher mm-hmm. that thing messes mm-hmm. you up anyways cockatrice also known as a scoffin or curlishik is whoa, whoa, a, whoa 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 how do you how, let's spell these because these are weird scoffin s-k-o-f-f-i-n mm-hmm. and curlishik k-u-r-o-l-i-s-h-e-k that is a mouthful yep is an or- ornithosaur also class of monster, yeah, a class of monster that is a cross between bird and reptile. It's also the only creature to belong to the order of Ornithoreptile, according to scholars. But why exactly they decided on this is not revealed. Its central tail feathers are also valued as they're more durable and sharp and better for regular goose, better than regular goose feathers for quills. So more proof that this is just an even more sinister evil goose essentially i mean this is angry chicken it's yeah it's kind of the same thing this is what happens 
like in in like ocarina of time when you bully the chickens too much oh you want get one of these yeah I my like. my daughter when she was little she's 22 years old now because i i'm very old i i had her when i was like 12 <laughs> uh that's not true um but she uh when she was like 12 when she was little a littler than that we would play zelda together and she would corral the cats in the town in uh, twilight princess she would oh. because you could pick up the cats and you could put them all in the same spot and then they'd all slowly run away and then she'd go find them put them back together and the other thing that she would do is she would pick on the chickens she'd pick up the chickens she'd run around with them <laughs> up on, above her head and then throw them and then jump off things you know like yeah, see, that's fine but if you hit the chickens then it becomes a problem that's when they turn into cockatrice yeah actually they just turn into a giant swarm of chickens that attack you forever and so you leave a location which is still not great yeah, yeah still true. not great true. so uh the cockatrice is in both the first witcher and witcher 3 so for the first witcher cockatrices are born of eggs laid by roosters consorting with other roosters the egg must be incubated wait wait wait, wait. What, what does that even mean is this is this like gay what? chickens apparently wait, wait. <laughs> But what? How does that physically work? I don't know, Tom. How did Jurassic Park work? Okay, I, I don't think they're messing it with fi- genetics here. It finds here. a way. It finds I, a way. It finds a way. It, this, it finds hmm, a way. This is similar to the question that I always have about where does Yoshi? Where do the eggs come out of Yoshi? If Yoshi's a boy, about that. About that. does he just poop out the eggs? Apparently, so they're the same thing. Like this is what's happening here. They consort together, and then one of them poops out some eggs, and it turns into a cockatrice. Oh, no, there's still more to it. Uh, oh, the egg right. must be incubated for 44 days by a toad, which is devoured by the little beast as soon as it hatches. A cockatrice hates everything that lives so fiercely that its glance turns the living to stone. Only a old adventurer with a mirror can reflect its deadly gaze and defeat a cockatrice. This is the the bestiary entry for it um it's <laughs> definitely some uh i think some narrative exaggerations taken here this sounds to me like the guy who that jethro at the beginning f- decided to write an entry or tell his friends that like you know what i had Cockatrice is a ball when two roosters consort together and then you stick a, an egg under a toad and then it, it devours it and then the cockatrice eats everything that lives. Yeah. My name's Jethro. I think he wrote this. Probably. I don't That's think there's probably. any truth to this at all. I think this is like, yeah. f- like folklore. Yeah, well, we definitely know. I mean, we already know that its gaze is not, in fact deadly so mm-hmm. this is a bestiary entry that says that it is. it's not it's not true uh so their class uh ornithosaur like we said before makes between a bird and reptile uh they are found in uh caves and dark cellars so and still more more basement cockatrices mm-hmm. um uh they are uh, they have high resistance of poison and are difficult to knock down you're susceptible mm-hmm. to silver and a nithosaur oil. Makes sense. Uh, a cockatrice tries to surprise its opponent, strike suddenly, and poison him with its venom. So there's obviously some differences here between... Not just stabby beak, but like poison. Yeah. 
yeah, Witcher and uh, or Witcher one and Witcher three. Um, uh, for alchemy ingredients, the toxin, Ornithosaur's eyes, and cockatrice feather, which we know those are very valuable. Um, you find them in Vitsima sewers or swamp cave in the swamp. In the swamp. In the swamp. Because the Witcher one was not nearly as expansive as some of the other games. Yep. Yeah. Um, and sources of information on them are the book on Onithosaurs and Sigrid. And Jethro. And Jethro. Who's clearly an expert. Definitely And Jethro. Jessica Starr in chat, who's also raising these in her basement. True. So True. We've, we've got that. So we've got experts. Experts abound around us. Okay, uh, so what is this month? What Jelani? What are you doing? What's Jelani doing? Oh, T zero four S T three Y. That's a fun way to spell toast. Am I a droid in Star Wars now? Uh-huh. Did, yeah. Is that what I become? Yep, that's fine. Um, I like it. Yeah. So okay. So some brand. so there's clearly differences in the way these are represented in The Witcher One and The Witcher Three, right? Yup, definitely. Uh, so in The Witcher 3, cockatrices are relatively rare. Other than Shrieker, there are only two known locations. A respawning version can be found north of Aretz between the small lake west of Yantra and the coast, and one can be found just northeast of Fornhala on Ard Skellig, right above the large lake. Okay. Not very, and Shrieker being the named one, of course. You know, I, I didn't realize this until you read the word Aret, but I've always in my head read it Arete. A R E E. Arete. A R E T T E. Yeah. But I don't know why I have that pronunciation in my head. I have to go back and listen to see if somebody it might in the be game. even be Areta. That's so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell. Um, class uh, Draconid. Uh, variations being Shrieker, the, the named one. Um, Kerr and Velen and Redania. Um, susceptibility grape shot a dragon in oil and ard uh for loot you have the cockatrice egg mutagen stomach trophy and monster carapace okay so immediately i noticed that the classification is different between the witcher one and the witcher three um mm-hmm. it goes from ornithosaur to draconid but i'm guessing that is due to like gameplay reasons not like uh organizational reasons so in the witcher 3 they probably moved it into draconid because there are draconid oils there are other draconids in the game but there aren't nearly i don't know if there's any other ornithosaurs in the game Mm -hmm. that would be my my guess and so why put it in a class all by itself when it can be part of this other class you can use oils for these other things on them too yeah because the other like things that like are close as as, like closely related to it or whatever are just like all reptile like basilisks are mm-hmm. just a hundred percent like reptile there's not like bird amalgamation there right so but birds are really just dinosaurs and dinosaurs are really just reptiles yeah that's just how it is right? yeah i wouldn't argue with that like yeah. this, this cockatrice just looks like the <laughs> something that found its way on the halfway point between dinosaur and birds so. right like humans are really just apes when apes are just really monkeys so we're just monkeys uh as for combat tactics <laughs> uh the uh uh cockatrices um effectively combine the speed flight and ferocity of a harpy with some of the power and toughness of a golem 
that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, prepare yourself for a hard fight. Uh, a cockatrice will fight aggressively once the fight begins to take advantage of this aggression and force them to remain on the ground. You should use ard and or grape shot to your benefit. First off, while in flight, the cockatrice, like many wyvern-like creatures, will try a set of swooping attacks on you to grab slash strike you with its talons or with the talons on their feet. This is actually very easy to avoid by simply doing a roll to either side, and you can bring the cockatrice down to the ground uh, to hit it by either using Ard, the crossbow, or just wait for it to get bored of missing you and land on its own. <laughs> Usually takes about three swooping attacks. <laughs> it just gets bored. It gets, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once it's on the ground, however, this is whenever it is the most dangerous. It will use its talons, wings, and feet to strike against its foe, as well as its razor sharp beak and tail tip. These attacks are fast, fairly long range as melee attacks go hit hard and will almost always accurately target vital regions on its victim, causing bleeding that will lead to an inevitable death. If not careful, a witcher should always have the swallow potion ready in order to counteract any wounds sustained while on the ground. If you back away from them, even a small amount, they will also frequently do a forward leap strike is dangerously long range, but quite a bit of damage stuns you and their semi spread wings as they do. It can also cause the hit. Uh, so it is a very wide strike that would be difficult to roll out of range of. Wow. These things are, which so, I would like to state for the, the record, this is the largest combat tactics section I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done a number of bestiaries so far. And they were like, they're like a paragraph. These th- this thing is like three. <laughs> this thing was like, oh, cockatrice, dude. It oh. sucks. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, there's some details we got to tell you about. Um, Mm -hmm. as with so many of these things, I, obviously this is, this taps into gameplay mechanics, right? Mm -hmm. And the Witcher spans more than just the games, right? It's the books, it's the TV show now. And even if it was just games, I like to put myself in the mindset of what this would actually be like to deal with in real life. Like if you're a Witcher or somebody else who happens to get caught up with one of these things, that sounds terrifying you know like the closest things that we have to deal with in in something like this is like uh maybe maybe a tiger you know it's got claws it's got teeth uh a crocodile but it doesn't fly you know like something like this like dealing with a creature that is basically a flying reptile with razor sharp teeth big claws fairly large that sounds that sounds horrifying like i don't how do you deal like you would have to get a group of people together and even then it would be dangerous because you don't know that you're gonna get out unscathed let alone alive you know just like think about like it's like and obviously i know people have like their issues with that part of the show i know i have mine um when they're all fighting like the basilisks in Mm -hmm in Caremorn or whatever the amount of difficulty because those basilisks basically just bodied everyone let's be honest except for Geralt obviously right Geralt's um, like super witcher especially on the show yeah yeah um but like imagine how much difficulty they have with that cockatrices are faster yeah they're not as big but more deadly but faster and still large enough to like you know you get, you get a, a good claw across your throat and just you're done like you bleed out you're done that's it mm-hmm. you know yeah like or, I imagine these things are like like if it 
gets a swipe at you with like its claws you're immediately like spilling entrails yes or yeah. like or it's beak if it Boom. if it's beak it's like it's taking out like like massive chunk of, of of flesh probably tearing out like an artery right or if, like, it, if it gets you glances an arm or a leg that arm or leg is not going to be useful in that fight anymore and it's probably going to be extremely painful and you're probably going to have to like amputate it if you survive like you, you you have like witcher mutagens are literally the only way to like defeat this thing and it's be difficult by yourself still so yeah like i mean i know that i like whenever i do this fight with like shrieker i can never have enough swallow like they just can't yeah i don't think yeah. i bother most of the time i don't bother fighting that thing until i'm like like i have like you know like the at least the second stage like draconid oil i have like like so many of my my things or my crafting things already done mm -hmm. as far as like bombs or like decoctions and stuff go and i have to be like a decent this thing kills you so fast because like you, by the time you try to use swallow half the time you're like one hit from death anyway so it doesn't really matter <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's ridiculous it is it is nuts like these things are insane yeah uh on the defense it has options too after taking a couple of attacks and a combo if you see it cover its head with its wings stop attacking as this is effectively a parry that will do reduced damage to them stagger you and break quinn if you have it on and they will quickly follow up with a counterattack. And to top it all off, it's fairly resistant to Axie, though do note that it can burn due to Igni. Yeah. Well, and that would make sense. Like, you don't want to get close to this thing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Definitely you want to kind of keep it at a distance. If you can if you can shoot some fire at it, you know, try to burn it. But even then, it's fast, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to dance around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the best attack is to try and flank the cockatrice, ideally getting behind its wings to hit it in the back. It can't do a rapid turn and most of not most if not all of its wide range attacks will miss, so it has been possible to put out an unending series of fast attacks from here while constantly moving to stay behind it and remain unharmed while inflicting catastrophic damage. Basically, stay behind it. Like don't be in its face. Those, <laughs> yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or yeah. where its claws are or where its beak is yeah yeah but like dang dude that's <laughs> this yeah that's definitely one of the harder harder creatures for sure yeah mm -hmm. well all right well now that now that we've put ourselves in the mindset of this this thing in real life i think it's time for us to take a break because we got to thank our new patron and the current patrons and after that we're going to come back and talk about the mythology that inspires creatures like the cockatrice so don't go anywhere we'll be right back very well let us get this over with <clears throat> something has infested my vineyard mm -hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then all right here we are in the middle of the show this is where we get to thank our patrons and we have a brand new patron who just signed up today Weez X. I don't know if I pronounced your name right w-e-e-z Big Z, little X, welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for your support. We really do appreciate it. You and all 15 of our other patrons, or 15 total patrons, 14 of our other patrons, um, help us keep the show going. We really do appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you guys. Hey, Weez is in the, Mr. Weez is in the chat. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, and we also have to shout out our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria and 
Jared M. Thank you so much to you guys. Also, as a reminder, if you'd like to get your words on the show and you leave us a uh, rating, a five star rating on Apple Podcasts with a review, then we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. And you can leave a review on Spotify as well if you listen on there. Or if you don't listen on either of those platforms, but you have a uh, an account, you can do that as well. You can just go help us out, leave us some ratings. That would be amazing. If you'd like to join us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash witcherlorecast is where you can do it. And one last thing I wanted to note is that this is part of our big charity stream for St. Jude. And it has been going amazing. So thank you to everybody who tuned in. We've been doing this all day over at twitch.tv slash robots radio. We've been highlighting a bunch of the different creators across the robots radio network. And if you didn't get a chance to check out the live stream that's running all day long, I will put the uh, recordings of the stuff that we did up on the robots radio YouTube channel for you to check out. So go check it out. There are all sorts of fun stuff. We had lots of different shows, lots of different behind the scenes stuff. We had toasty here playing dungeons and dragons. It was absolutely ridiculous because they got $250 of donations during the D and D stream. And every $5 they had to reel the roll, the wheel of whatever that was called, where like ridiculous stuff happened. Like it made everybody in the party bigger or, um, so many times so many times or like you guys kept getting the one where it like made somebody have some sort of mental condition so, a madness madness yeah. yeah there was yeah i my character was convinced they could speak elvish yes they couldn't um <laughs> uh yeah. every time she cups character like heard the word somebody every time someone said the word spell they had to quack yes yeah that like was great too uh and yeah I, I can't remember the other one but yeah it was just like what what is this? It was amazing. It spawned three beholders. Ridiculous. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you do. You basically spent most of that three hours fighting beholders. It was it was yeah, great. It was, it was um, rough. It was yeah, rough, but yeah. crazy. But we, so so far we've raised six hundred and seventy dollars. We blew past our five hundred dollar goal that we started with. We're on our way to seven fifty. We're hoping to hit it. If you're in the live stream right now, you'd like to donate. We would love your support. Also, if you're listening to this later, I will keep the link like active you can look in the show notes underneath like where, where the description and all that stuff is and um if you want to donate we'd love to keep growing this donation for like the next week or so after the the big day of the live streams so is just to see how far we could get this so we would really appreciate your support and thanks to everybody who's tuned in this has been an amazing success we've yeah. all had so much fun and uh we just want to say thanks for being here all right let's move on with the rest of the show you smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, Toasty. So this is, I, th I mean, as, as fun as the beginning part is talking about like the mechanics and the, the details of the creature, I really like the mythology stuff. So where does the origin of a cockatrice come from? So, uh, it's the, the cockatrice or, um, it's also referred to as a basilisk, which we know two different things in the, in the Witcher games. So, um, bit of a kind of thing, but generally in the mythology, they are considered about the same thing. Um, and they, uh, I believe they, from what I, from what I saw, it was kind of a little bit hard for someone to just like, to find an article that was just like, Hey, this is the foundations of the cockatrice slash basilisk. <laughs> right. But I believe it was, it's founded in Greek and Roman mythology. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of the stuff does come from that. And it makes sense that these two things would be similar in the their like reptilian qualities, right? Yeah. Um and but there is like some extensions uh in other things like uh some inspiration as far as like Egyptian mythology goes. And then I think uh I read something about how there's a representation of a cockatrice in the Bible or something like that, something similar. Yeah, there might be. I mean there's there's definitely uh like weird creatures <laughs> there's definitely weird creatures in the bible for not sure. familiar with the bible so you know i don't i don't know for sure yeah but anyways um a uh cockatrice is a legendary creature with the head and feet of a rooster with the body of a dragon mm-hmm. the these fearsome creatures played a popular role in folk mythology for many centuries uh, so many different ones uh and some people harbored a secret relief that they might actually exist until around the 1700s which kind of makes sense with the finding of dinosaurs like i've got all these theories about the concept of dragons and cockatrice and these kinds of um reptilian creatures and the fact that like we didn't really scientifically discover dragons until about 200 years ago but that's because we had a community of scientists who were able to work together to define a thing and study it but before that you like you know people were coming across dinosaur bones mm-hmm. and they were probably like what the heck is this and they didn't realize that like they were the petrification process why they were as hard as rocks all of that stuff so they couldn't tell how long they were dead or, or any of that stuff they just seemed like these magical creatures that must exist somewhere nearby and didn't mm-hmm. realize that they were from millions of years ago so yeah. that, that yeah, I, I can totally understand how this would be one of those things that just kind of sits in the background of our culture for for many different people groups across the entire globe. Um, according to legend, a cockatrice hatches from an egg laid by a rooster, which is incubated <laughs> by a toad or a snake. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, that's it's definitely an, a weird one. But uh, I, I have heard this like many times. The same thing with like basilisks as well. Like mm-hmm. they that's that's generally like how their origin is. Uh, these unnatural origins lead to a freak of nature, a nod to the lizard origins of mo- modern birds. Um, it is possible that the cockatrice was identified in the form of the fossilized remains of a precursor to the chicken. Yeah, so, because chickens like, were basically like little Tyrannosaurus rexes. Mm-hmm. Like, you go uh, back far enough in the in the evolutionary process. Yeah, uh, it may also, of course, have arisen entirely from someone's imagination, like many other mythical beasts. Uh, the concept uh, of a cockatrice is closely related to that of a basilisk uh another monster with a lizard-like characteristics both animals are capable of killing with their gaze and they have the potential to kill or at least petrify their enemies with when they meet with their eyes even after death i couldn't read for some reason uh <laughs> so if addition, you kill them you still don't want to look them in the eye yeah so uh and this is also kind of like is similar in the sense of like um Medusa and the other Gorgons from Greek mythology. Yeah, which, uh, by the way, snakes in the hair. It's It's got that mm-hmm. reptilian quality going on. I mean, although she was a woman, woman-shaped, I guess, uh, the snakes in the hair thing connects to the whole reptilian thing here. I wonder if there's, like, correlations across that. Uh, there was, uh, I did read something, I was just browsing articles about uh, being closely related to, uh, or maybe even, like, in, inspired by... Uh, the gorgons so um 
In addition, of course, the cockatrice would make a formidable, formidable enemy with the spurred feet and snapping beak of a rooster along with an impressive size. In some cases, the cockatrice is also depicted with a dragon's wings, and some myths suggest that the animal is capable of flight. Uh, so, obviously, as we know, they went with that one in uh, in The Witcher 3. They mm-hmm. can definitely fly, and uh, less dragon wings, more bird-like, but, uh, you know, still very similar um yeah. yeah so i just like i was just state for the fact um because i used to raise chickens when i was younger um that's that's what my family did a little bit of um so we had like quite a few roosters in our time um and one one of the ones we had specifically was a bread fighting rooster like it was bread Wow. For, for like, like cockfighting. Um, we didn't use it for that purpose, obviously. That, it was that um, kind of that species, that lineage, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, this thing, I was just, just, just think about the fact that like a rooster can mess you up with its spurs, like a, a person, they can mess up a person pretty badly with their spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's generally like a regular rooster. That's got like, you know, average size ones, these fighting ones. This is how long, the spur was on its foot that's like what four inches like to, yeah. for, for our listeners like a two four inch long spurs <laughs> on their feet this is another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the average uh chicken in the united states in like the 1940s 1950s was one of these like really large ones you i don't know the name of that species um the really big chickens and it's not in, it hasn't been until like the last i don't know several decades that the average chicken is one of these like the the smaller species that looks kind of plump and round as opposed to the ones that stand real tall like there are yeah. chickens out there that are you know stand like two and a half feet off the ground like yes, this one isn't wasn't so mine specifically wasn't big my other rooster which was just like standard was twice the size of this rooster and the fighting made, one the fighting one was smaller but has bigger yes, claws wow yes my that the we he had like uh a bigger pin and the the bigger rooster was in a smaller pin mm-hmm. specifically just because of dominance and if it became a problem we knew who was going to win that fight um the big rooster made the mistake of walking into the pin one day with the other one and nearly proceeded to like he if i hadn't had the opportunity to intercept uh and grab him out of there he would have been killed a thousand percent that other one was messing him up it was it was like oh dear so yeah um now imagine this as the size of like a dragon hitting you with spurs that what maybe two feet three feet long yeah no way no way that's your whole body that's just you gone in general yeah so yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to mess with bird slash reptile type things. Dude, yeah. yeah. You know, scary, dude. it's a good thing that um, uh, dinosaurs went extinct because otherwise we would never have made it. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely like, not. There might have been smart dinosaurs walking around in the earth at some point, but like humans, fuzzy little animals getting a chance to evolve to the point where like worse we're around with dinosaurs and like dangerous birds <laughs> like that no way no way they were yeah. so much better equipped <laughs> um 
the word comes from the word cockatrice comes from the Latin calcare to tread. Uh, the name may have been chosen to differentiate a cockatrice from a basilisk since cockatrices have legs allowing them to walk. Uh, basilisks, on the other hand, slither like snakes and they have several other distinguishing characteristics as well. Some people mistakenly believe that cockatrice is a corruption of crocodile. This is simply not the case. The word crocodile is Greek and it translates as pebble worm. Pebble worm. That's so <laughs> yeah. weird. That's so weird. But the whole the whole thing about basilisks, basilisks not having legs, that, this is like the mythology side of it. Obviously, when it comes to these creatures in the Witcher universe, they there are some differences between the mythology and the way that they actually look. Yeah, the basilisks are definitely more reptilian, you know, like is between like just the appearance and having a more reptilian features plus right. like the venom on top of that, whereas the cockatrice doesn't. It's just like the bleeding effects. But yeah, but um, on a whole, legs. on a whole, like we've seen a lot of these creatures when we get to the lore stuff and we go, wow, the lore is very different. You could tell where they took certain things and like worked it into the Witcher universe. But on, you know, on average, there are a significant amount of changes. So, for example, like a lesson, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the creepy old man in the woods turning into a tree thing that changes form. Like you can tell that there's there's a progression yeah. there from one to the other. These, on the other hand, both seem very similar, except for some very small details. Yeah. Like, and I think. I think it's yeah this is the same thing in the witcher like, i mean they're very similar but for small details essentially um, well, but from the um oh from from the, mythology to what they are in the witcher oh, okay like you have creatures that are you know like for example basilisk is pretty similar it just has legs in the witcher right no. like a cockatrice very similar to this description just slight differences yeah and uh i know it's like i mean because you all again with uh you know mythology and like constant interpretations of like i mean I don't know, you've seen it and I'll relate it back to Medusa specifically just because that was, you know, sim such similarities there between like abilities um, with Medusa. You see her like depicted often as just like a woman with snake hair, but then other depictions you see her where she has like the body of a snake as well. Right. Um, right. The, the back so. tail part, like from the waist down becomes like yeah. a, a long tail. Yeah. Yeah. And then she has like scales and things and there's, so there's, like different variations on that so um and this is like kind of a, a lot of the monsters we see also with like we have a bit like a strong foundation as far as like slavic mythology which they pull a lot of their stuff from mm -hmm. this one doesn't seem to really have any roots in slavic mythology like a hundred percent right something else like greek roman so yeah uh uh, and this is kind of pulled into also more Medusa stuff is generally from what we see. Um, in theory, there are several ways to neutralize the threat of a cockatrice. Allegedly, if one can force the animal to look at its own reflection, the cockatrice will die instantly from its own gaze. Um, you know, or it's the same with Medusa. Mm -hmm. If you reflect it with the mirror, like her reflection back at her, she'll turn herself to stone or something like that. Yeah, she's not um, invulnerable to it invulnerable yeah. to it words words are hard or just using a reflection to defend yourself or like other other depictions of like using it to like see her without looking at her kind of thing mm -hmm. um in addition the crowing of a rooster is said to be fatal to a cockatrice as are weasels <laughs> wow it's like this article that i okay. found this information in didn't specify what part of weasels 
they didn't specify how weasels right. are fatal. Well, there they, are there are those types of creatures that are good at hunting things like snakes or birds, right? Like yeah, because they kind of out, like, they outsmart them and outmaneuver them. But um, yeah, that and just like, like hearing a rooster. Yeah, like like I definitely I will never you'll never find me underestimating the might of a mustelid. Okay, but if it's a regular sized weasel and uh-huh. this thing is the size of a dragon. I am curious to know mm. what that means. Like, mm-hmm. how is it like a mouse and an elephant? Where like the elephant just gets freaked out by it and just can't handle it. Maybe or in like, or like maybe in the terms of like a hundred weasels. It's a preventative measure because <laughs> weasels weasels often are, are just like types of mustelids or whatever often steal the eggs Mm -hmm. of snakes out of their nests and then they will eat them right is it like like it it just yoinks the cockatrice egg before it hatches and then eats it and so the cockatrice is never born yeah they they can't keep not a problem yeah they can't keep their population up so eventually they Uh, they die out yeah yeah uh some of these beliefs also hold true in the case of a basilisk uh and avoiding a potential encounter with such creatures, obviously the best course of action. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Yeah, so if well, you're just walking out and you run into a cockatrice, yeah, just. You go. know what I want? Get gone. You know please. what I want in the next Witcher game, the Witcher four or whatever. I want the ability to buy a weasel from like a shopkeeper in a city when you have to go hunt down a cockatrice. And then you can like let the weasel loose and the cockatrice just like freaks out and is like can't handle it. And then you can hunt down the cockatrice with some sort of advantage because it, it it's now uncoordinated or something. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, there's also other variations and stuff on the cockatrice of like them having venom that is like incredibly powerful. You know, obviously some some things we see have it, some things we don't. And then also um the gaze not being deadly, but turning you to stone, which granted still deadly, but, um, different specific kind of difference. Yeah. yeah. Very Medusa. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, dude, this has been fun. Uh, we're getting, we're getting down to the end of our hour. We only have so much time for this recording because we have to pass on the stream to, uh, Ben of Tamaria, who our good buddy is, uh, be going to be streaming some star Wars stuff. And, talking about star wars lore so we're going to pass that on in just a few minutes anything you want to share before we head out toasty uh follow us at the witch lore cast on twitter um check out the cyberpunk cyberpunk apostrophe d podcast um where uh cyberpunk actual play uh that i am a part of um and uh, we're probably not doing it. I don't know. That's your call. But uh, today's stream t- uh, today, the 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 D one shots uh, that we did that will probably end up being a two shot that is concluded at another time. Um, I believe everyone else is releasing them on their Patreons uh, as like bonus content. So if you are following or on the Patreon of uh, either like the uh, fumbling for and the almighty crit, uh, two girls, one ship, uh, or any of teacup and she cup shows, uh, I then believe. you can check it out. Yeah. You can go check it out over yeah. there. 
uh, lots of lots of options for that uh, if you are on any of their stuff. Right. So. Also, the entire recording of this whole big charity thing is going to be in a VOD on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash robots radio. So you can go back and watch it there. Also, I'm going to go ahead and put it on the um, robots radio YouTube channel as well. So if you want to tune in, kind of find the different stuff that might be interesting to you to watch. And if you'd still like to contribute to our our goal of $750 for St. Jude, then you're welcome to do that as well. So just a reminder, look for the link in the show notes and or under the description area. And uh, that's what we got for this week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another regular lore episode. We're at the beginning of the month again. And then as we get closer to the end of the month, we gear up for our patron chat with our tier four or higher patrons. So you're welcome to come join us for that as well if you'd like to sign up on the Patreon. But that's what we got going on. Thanks for being here. Uh, that's the end of the show. And if you're in the live stream, don't go anywhere. We're going to we're going to move this on to another another stream in just a second. So. Oh, and obviously, um, if you are listening to this on the podcast version, just because you missed the event doesn't mean that you can't still, uh, you know, find your way to the St. Jude uh, and yes, right. donate that uh, that way or just like do a simple donation yourself. Um, definitely want to promote that idea still of like. Uh, we may not be doing this event anymore because by the time you hear this, it'll be it could be months uh, from now. Wednesday or right. months from now or right. whenever. Uh, you know, you still obviously still can and should because it's it's a good cause. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay safe on the path. <laughs> all right, bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.